0: The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: She's got the news. She talks with newsmakers. She encourages us to laugh, and she cries with us. Speaking truth to power and questioning authority daily. It's the Nicole Sandler Show.
2: All right, welcome to a Thursday, everybody. Um, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for bearing with me yesterday, and of course, best laid plans and all that stuff, right? So I had a show. I had a show ready to play yesterday on uh, Progressive Voices Network, and of course, my stream, which mirrors the Progressive Voices stream, and, you know, I had gone back through my archives and I pulled the show from 10 years ago yesterday and uh, sent it in. It was going to be loaded in the system because I was out yesterday. I was my, it was my immunity day. It was the 14th day after my second Moderna dose so I had immunity I spent the day with my kid it was wonderful and but I did I came in in the morning I I recorded what's news uh, so that ran throughout the day and I edited a two-hour show from uh, from April 7th 2011 down to one hour to air during our regular five at five o'clock hour slot here Unfortunately, um, you know, (laughs) unfortunately, um, best laid plans. For some reason, it didn't fire. And it it was about a few minutes before five o'clock. Allison and I just went into a Goodwill store because she's got a new apartment. I got to see where she's going to be moving in another week. Um, And so we started looking for cool things to put in her apartment. And I looked at the clock and I said, oh, it's almost five o'clock. The show's going to start. And, um, <laughs> and she goes, Oh, do you want to turn on? I said, No, we're going to go in the store. So we came out at like 530 and I checked my phone and there was a, um, a message from Mario, one of our regular listeners. And he said, no sound on PV, no sound on progressive voices. I'm like, what? And so I checked it. And sure enough, there was dead air. So I messaged George who handles all the technical stuff. And within a couple of minutes, it was up and running, but It was, you know, the first half hour was dead air. And so all you got was a half hour of the show from 10 years ago yesterday. I had promoted that the guest was John Fugel saying and we never even got to that. So I'll tell you what I'll do is this weekend, because I didn't do it last night, but this weekend, maybe on Saturday, I will put that one hour episode out as a special podcast. So if you want it. And I'll post it at NicoleSandler.com, and I'll label it so it's easy to find. Uh, So if you want to hear it, where were we 10 years ago? And i got to tell you, uh, it was not a pretty place, because I was bitching about Barack Obama, then president, bending over backwards to cut deals with the Republicans. Um, The nice thing about it, with being able to listen back, knowing what we know, knowing what's ensued over the past 10 years, is... That Joe Biden is not falling for any of that stuff. That Joe Biden learned from the mistakes made by the Obama-Biden administration. That as much as he would like uh, right-wing, um, uh, Republican, um, as much as he would, I just realized I screwed something up. As much as he would like Republican cooperation, he's not going to bend over backwards. He will get it done with or without them. And that's where we are. And in fact, I meant to open the show uh, in a familiar way today. So instead of opening with it, I guess we will just um, segue into it. Sorry to do this to you. It's the last thing I want to play right now. But I have no choice. You know what that means. You know the sound. Here we go.
3: In this country, is an epidemic, and it's an international virus Maybe it's the movies. Maybe it's the books. Maybe it's the bullets.
4: Maybe Maybe it's the real crooks. Maybe it's the drugs. Maybe it's the parents. Maybe it's the colors everybody's wearing. Maybe it's the president. Maybe it's the last one. Maybe it's the one before that. What he done? Maybe it's the high schools. Maybe it's the teachers. Maybe it's the tattooed children in the bleachers. Maybe it's the Bible. Maybe it's the lack. Maybe it's the music. Maybe it's the cracks. Maybe it's the hairdos. Maybe it's the TV. Maybe it's the cigarettes. Maybe it's the family. Maybe it's fast food. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe it's abuse. Maybe it's the lawyers. Maybe it's the prisons. Maybe it's the senators. Maybe it's the system Maybe it's the fathers Maybe it's the sons Maybe it's the sisters Maybe it's the moms Maybe it's the radio Maybe it's road rage. Maybe El Nino. Will you be raised Maybe it's the army Maybe it's the liquor Maybe it's the papers Maybe the militia Maybe it's the athletes Maybe it's the ads Maybe it's the sports fans Maybe it's the pen Maybe it's the magazines Maybe it's the internet. Maybe it's the immigrants, maybe it's taxes, big business, maybe it's the KKK and the skinheads, maybe it's the communists, maybe it's the Catholics, maybe it's the Indies, maybe it's the addicts, maybe it's the art, maybe it's the sex, maybe it's the homeless, maybe it's the banks, maybe it's the clear cut, maybe it's the ozone, maybe it's the chemicals, maybe it's the carbone, maybe it's the fertilizer, maybe it's the nose ends, maybe it's the ends, but I know one thing. If it were up to me away the guns, I take away the
2: guns, I take away
4: the guns.
3: So uh, today we're taking steps to confront not just the gun crisis, but what is actually a public health crisis. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. They're phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake for what we're talking about. No amendment. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd. You can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call it freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own very beginning of the Second Amendment existed. Certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Let me say it again. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. And it's an international embarrassment. You know, we saw it it last night as I was coming to the Oval Office got the word that uh, in South Carolina, a a physician uh, with his wife, two grandchildren, and a person working at his house was gunned down, all five. So many people, so many of the people sitting here today know that well.
2: And yes, see, that's why I meant to start again today with Cheryl Wheelers, if it were up to me. I'd take away the guns. There was another shooting last night. This time it was a doctor, his wife, and their five- and nine-year-old grandchildren, plus a worker who was doing some work around the house, and another worker was seriously injured. Uh, that that uh, sixth victim was taken to a local hospital. The suspect, at first they told us, was found at a nearby home. We later learned that that suspect had killed himself in that nearby home. He was a former NFL player. His name, it doesn't matter, and I'm not going to share his name. You'll find it. It'll be on the news. If the news even covers it. I mean, today, I've been in and out of news coverage and have not heard much about this. Five people dead in a mass shooting in South Carolina, including two children and it doesn't even merit, you know, a lead news story because what? This is like the third one in the last week. Well, as Joe Biden tells us later in the speech that he delivered today in the Rose Garden, oh, it was many more than that. I, this 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 clip that I have is like 5 minutes long. I would play the whole thing for you, but you know, it doesn't make for a great radio, but I think you should listen to it because Joe Biden made a lot of good points. But let me just forward to the end of this clip where he talks about, you think it was Atlanta, it was Colorado and now this one, but there were so many more. Well,
3: 106 of them die. Okay, wait, let me back up a little bit. It brings back the immediacy of what happened at that moment. So I genuinely mean it. Thank you. Thank you for having the courage. He's talking the courage about the families who are there today. The courage to continue this
2: fight. Families of victims.
3: Senator Blumenthal understands it. A lot of the folks out here understand it. But it takes real courage, so thank you. To turn pain into purpose and demand that we take the action that gives meaning to the word enough. Enough. Enough, enough, enough. Because what they want you to know, what they want you to do, is not just listen. Every day in this country, 316 people are shot every single day. 106 of them die every day. Our flag was still flying at half-staff for the victims of the horrific murder of eight primarily Asian-American people in Georgia. And 10 more lives were taken in a mass murder in Colorado. Here's you the part. You didn't hear it, but Listen between those two incidents, less than one week apart, there were more than 850 additional shootings.
2: 850, 850 shootings?
3: 850. That took the lives of more than 250 people. And oh my left God. 500, 500 injured. This is an epidemic, for God's sake, and it has to stop.
2: It's an epidemic, and it has to stop. That is the president, Joe Biden, speaking today in the Rose Garden about the need to do something about this epidemic of gun violence we have in this country. Granted, there's a million other things going on. The testimony today in the uh, murder trial for the killer, the cop who killed George Floyd was riveting and and just um, horrific, truly horrific. Um, you know, there's so much else. But again, I, I, every time I hear of one of these mass shootings... I tend to start the show with that song by Cheryl Wheeler because it could be all those things. Maybe it is the road rage, El Nino, you know, what he said, what the one before her said. It doesn't matter. If it were up to me, I'd take away the guns. Because if if this guy, if this former NFL player didn't have a gun, um, he probably wouldn't have been able to murder those five people. Um, You know, kill yourself. Go for it. Just leave everyone else alone. So we need to do something about it. Joe Biden in that speech mentioned that when we had that 10-year assault weapons ban, the number of shootings went down. Well, since the ban expired, it sunsetted, sorry, um, there have been, it has just escalated. I heard a, a, a story a little earlier today, maybe it was a caller to Randy Rhodes show or Tom Hartman show, saying that people getting their $1,400 stimulus checks are using it to buy guns. What is wrong with people? we got to do something. So, obviously, Congress is not going to do anything. Because, well, have you met Congress? Yeah. So um, today, Joe Biden is announcing some plans um, for executive actions on curbing gun violence. If anything was so ever sorely needed, it's that. So uh, from the notes I've assembled, here's some of what he's ordering. He's ordering the Justice Department to move toward requiring background checks for buyers of homemade or makeshift ghost guns. Those are like, you know, guns that people assemble from kits or, or print from 3D printers. They, there is no serial number on those weapons. There's no way to trace them. Well, he wants to change that. If you're selling a kit or buying a kit, there must be a serial number attached to the, the pieces that are necessary to make the gun shoot, to make it a weapon. Um, He wants to regulate concealed assault-style guns. He will also direct the Justice Department to draft a new rule regulating a device that, once placed on a pistol, turns it into a short-barreled rifle. I believe, and I could be wrong because they all run together, but I believe that's what the shooter in Colorado used. DOJ will also craft a template for states to enact red flag laws. Basically, if you know someone is dangerous and shouldn't have guns, there is a way to alert the authorities and at least temporarily get those guns removed. The other actions include a directive to the Justice Department to issue a report on gun trafficking and an order for more funding of community violence intervention programs. All of that and more is needed. Um, Yeah, so... uh, the whole thing. Yes. More than 100 House Democrats last week urged Biden to address concealed assault style firearms. The one I was just talking about, like the one used in the Colorado shooting rampage that left 10 people dead on a related note. Joe Biden today is also announcing his choice to head up ATF, the uh, Division of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms. Right. The interesting thing is. There's been no one in that post for 6 years. Nobody confirmed, I guess in the in the end of the Obama administration, the McConnell-led Senate wouldn't wouldn't confirm anybody and Donald Trump had no interest. The Republicans don't believe that uh, that the, I guess a, a Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives is necessary. So it doesn't need a director. Well, it does need a director. And so Joe Biden today is announcing the nomination of a guy named David Chipman to be the director. He's a veteran ATF special agent who for the last five years has worked as a gun control advocate. At Giffords, that's the organization that um, uh, 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 Gabby Giffords and I guess Mark Kelly put together after she was shot in the head at a constituent event in in Arizona. What a crazy, crazy world we live in, where this this is. You know, there's so many other things we should be talking about that we should be freaking out. Errol Thomas is asking, Nicole, remember the shooting that occurred at a San Zedro McDonald's in 1984? Yes. Um, and that was... Uh, I talked about this a while ago. There was a song by the Boomtown Rats, Bob Geldof's band, called I Don't Like Mondays. And it was based on that incident where this girl... It was a woman. It was a young girl, went into a McDonald's and shot up the place because she didn't want us to go to school. You you know the song. I can't play it because, yeah, I'll well, I'm not on YouTube, but I'll get copyright violated on Facebook. But hold on, um, uh, the song was "I Don't Like Mondays." It was the Boomtown Rats, and let me see if I can pull up the lyrics for you. The silicon chip. Inside her head gets switched to overload, and nobody's going to go to school today. She's going to make them stay at home. And Daddy doesn't understand it. He always said she was good as gold. And he can see no reasons because there are no reasons. What reason do you need to be shown? I don't like Mondays. Tell me why. I don't like Mondays. Tell me why. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm going to shoo, ooh, ooh, the whole day down. And it continues the next verse. The telax machine is kept so clean, and it types to a waiting world. Her mother feels so shocked. Father's world is rocked, and their thoughts turn to their own little girl. Sweet 16, ain't that peachy keen? Now, it ain't so neat to admit defeat. They can see no reasons, because there are no reasons. What reasons do you need? Oh, 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 oh. I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays, I want to shoo oo 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 o the whole day down. And at the play and all the playing stopped in the playground now, she wants to play with the toys a while, and school's out early and soon we will be learning and the lesson today is how to die. And when the bullhorn crackles and the captain tackles with the problems and the hows and the whys, and he can see no reasons, because there are no reasons, what reason do you need to die? Oh 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 the silicone chip inside her head gets switched to overload. And nobody's going to go to school today. She's going to make them stay at home, and Daddy doesn't understand it. He always said she was good as gold, and he can see no reasons, because there are no reasons. What reasons do you need to be shown? I don't like Mondays. I want to shoot the whole day down. Bob Geldof. Yeah, the guy behind Band-Aid. That's that's who wrote that with his... Banned at the time, the Boomtown Rats. Commemorating what was, you know, an early mass shooting in a country that has come to be known for mass shootings. It's really, um, it, it, it's so disheartening and and sad and despicable that this is what we have to talk about. When actually, I, I don't know, should I be talking about the uh, the killer cop on trial now for snuffing out a man's life? with his knee on his neck. Um, I I mentioned that in today's trial, there was a very compelling witness. Um, His name, Dr. Tobin. Let me see what I can share with you here. Dr. Martin J. Tobin. He's an award-winning pulmonologist. They deal with breathing issues, sleep and breathing issues, as I've learned firsthand. And he... He walked the jurors through the videotape and pinpointed the exact moment George Floyd died. In fact, he talked about it. He said um, uh, that, uh, quote, Mr. Floyd died from a low level of oxygen, and this caused damage to his brain that we see. And it also caused an arrhythmia that caused his heart to stop. He further explained that compressing the hypopharynx, which is the bottom part of the throat, made breathing extremely difficult, like the only air he could get was through a straw. He was putting the majority of his body weight on the knee that was on Floyd, with an officer's knee on his back, that's two, one knee on his neck, one on his back. He explained that Floyd was being squished between the street below him and the knee at the back of his lungs. He 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 actually said he was literally um, between a rock and a hard place. Um, it's it's just, yeah, it, I mean, it, it was so compelling. And let me see if I can't, um, I think I can pull up this video. You may not want to watch this. I'm just warning you. If you're watching on one of the video streams, and no, we're not on YouTube anymore, at least for the next uh, 60, 90 days, sorry, till the middle of June, End of June. Um, I can tell you a little more. I found out a little more information about that we can get to or not. Uh, but we're on Facebook and we are on Twitter and we are on Twitch streaming video. So I'm going to play for you um, a little bit of the video of Dr. Tobin testifying and showing exactly, as he put it, the moment that the life left George Floyd's body. Uh, it's horrific. But I, I think we need to be aware of this. We need to see it. We need to talk about it to ensure that it never happens again. And I know that's easier said than done because um, I don't see it stopping. Uh, but maybe if uh, if Derek Chauvin is convicted of murder... Maybe at least another cop will think twice before he suffocates a man to death with his knee on his neck. So here is uh, Dr. Tobin.
5: Yeah, and, and the, the, the speed is uh, slowed down by. So they're going to the show the video. So, can see
2: it. so there we Okay. Uh, you see George Floyd, and his eyes are years.
3: open. You can see his eyes. He's conscious. Mm. And then you see that he isn't.
2: Ugh.
0: That's the moment the life goes out of his body.
2: That's the moment the life goes out of his body, he said. It, it, the fact that he I can also show you a pinpoint clip, that uh,
5: from yeah I'm gonna,
2: I'm gonna take it down just it was so compelling he talked through every step of the video exactly the the physiological changes going on in george floyd's body where the air was stopped from moving this guy was unimpeachable and he didn't he, he wasn't a paid expert he said he didn't want money for his testimony um this trial, again, is going to go on for at least another couple of weeks. The prosecution is still making their case. Uh, and uh, frankly, I don't know how the defense is going to defend this man. It's just it's horrific. It's just horrific. Um, all right. So uh, it is Thursday. All right. So I told you about yesterday. Oh, so, Allison, we had a wonderful day um, I'll tell you something. She got her first vaccine dose yesterday, too, because Florida has now opened up to um, uh, everybody over, over 18, and in some places... Over 16. So I got on the on the Internet at four o'clock in the morning, Wednesday morning, because I happen to be awake and I made her an appointment. Sure enough, she got her first dose yesterday. She gets her second dose in three weeks and then we're all good to go. So, um, you know, it's weird where I'm on this and I think we all are on this emotional roller coaster. It's like, all right, we've been stuck at home for a year. And now we're, you know, hopes are high. We're going to get through this. We're vaccinated. I'm, I've got. I know it's not official immunity, but it's close to immunity as I can possibly get. Where I feel comfortable going out, wearing a mask, of course, but at, at least emerging from this house after a year and being able to hug my kid and go to Goodwill. <laughs> so um, we, we did that. We did all that. Um, yeah, uh, and so. I don't know what to say. It's hard, though, to take a day off in the middle of the week because it throws everything off kilter. So I'm a little out of sorts. So I'll tell you what. Let's take a very quick time out. Today is Thursday. Howie Klein is here. We got a lot to talk with Howie about. We had the death of Congressman Alcee Hastings from down here in South Florida, the longest serving Democrat in the Florida congressional delegation. So that opens up a seat. It's going to be a blue seat. It's a blue district. The question is, do we get a progressive or do we get another Elsie Hastings? And I, I know, look, I'm sorry. I, I guess I pissed a few people off speaking ill of the dead. I, I don't say anything I wouldn't say when they were alive. But, okay, I get it. Um, let's not get another Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Please, let's get somebody a bit more progressive. We'll talk to Howie about that and more. All right, we'll take a quick, quick time out. Uh, let Progressive Voices hopefully get a little business in. We'll be right back. All right, so Progressive Voices is in an ad, and while they're in an ad, why don't I play for you um, another fun um, song? Because I've got so many, and I'm just trying to think what is. Um, you know, really, topical for today <laughs> what makes sense there 's so many of them. I mean, I could play one about um, th- there are a few matt gates songs there are um, uh, eh. you know what i 'm going to play you two quick things first up this woman i 've played featured her before blair Blair erskine, and blair erskine um, is a comedian. And the first time I played her uh, one of her videos on this show, it was um, uh, it was her posing as one of the the, the Trump rally goers who uh, was abandoned, was is left standing on a, the side of a street in Nebraska waiting for one of the buses to come. And they were abandoned. They had to walk like five miles to their cars and people in the chat room <laughs> thought it was real. So keep that in mind. Um, in this case. We hear from the woman at whose wedding Donald Trump spoke. Remember, he crashed the wedding at Mar-a-Lago? Here's the bride. Whoops. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, 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 I know. I need to play it here. This is what happened. Oh, bear with me just one second. Okay, here we go. I has um,
6: got married um, and brought me um, To hear Donald Trump is speaking at our our wedding reception right now, and we don't know why, but it's so cool. So like when we were booking the place, um, they were like, "Do you want a, a band or a DJ?" And like the band was like an '80s cover band, and the DJ was Don Jr. And we were like, "We don't want that," you know. And they were like, "We understand," but we didn't know that his da- like we didn't know that his dad would be coming. So he just shows up, and he was like, "Listen, I've got all this material that I can't work out on Twitter right now because I told a bunch of people to my parents. Can I do like a tap?" at your wedding reception we were like sure like we can't pay you and he was like exposure sign and he is so funny baby isn't he funny he's so funny he was like you know they tell me about china they tell me about iran and we were like you ran where what was that one joke you did, baby that was like yeah it was like I'll um keep doing this. uh so what if i did an insurrection J- joe joe biden's just uh jealous that he can't get one uh, an insurrection so it's It's like um, it's got layers. Um, but I think the best part of the whole night was um, he stepped in for the father daughter dance, which is really cool. Cause like you know, my dad is his biggest fan, and it was really special for me to get to see them dance to um, butterfly kisses. Um, hey everybody, make sure you have a mask and set it on fire. We're about to do our exit photos. It'll look pretty in the picture. Is that him? Is he okay? No, is he okay? Well, cause he's just staring at the pool rat. Yeah, is he okay?
5: See you
1: The Nicole Sandler Show on the Progressive Voices Network and NicoleSandler.com. Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckie's, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog Special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and French fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with. We- It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories, and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies. Tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint. But at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTierney.com on The Nicole Sandler Show.
2: Ah, hello, Howie Klein.
1: And hello, Nicole Sandler.
2: How are you doing?
0: I'm good, I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, getting ready to do an interview with Ricky Lee Jones today. She's, today's day one of her virtual book tour and uh, she made the mistake of picking me as the first person to be interviewing her.
2: <laughs> wow, I didn't even know she had a book out. Oh, uh, I'll have to get the information from you off the air, because I would love to have her on. Um, so, yeah, I, I and I know you and Ricky Lee Jones go way back. She, uh, she contributed some stuff for fundraisers that you've done over the years for candidates.
0: Yeah, she did a song for... Uh Well, it was one song, and we used it for eight. We customized it for eight different candidates, and uh, many of them won. Some of them are in the U.S. Senate right now, like Chris Murphy and Kirsten Gillibrand, for example. Uh But this is when they were making their first runs for Congress, way back then. And there aren't that many artists, uh, even ones that I've been very close with, who will be willing to do that—to do a political, you know, a very blatantly political, not not just political but partisan song for a candidate. uh, Usually. Uh, artists stay away from that and she did it so I, I owe her big time but uh, yeah we do go way back uh, when when she Lenny I was a writer uh, in San Francisco a music writer so I had nothing really to do with the actual music business itself and the publicist from Warner Brothers called me and asked me if I would be willing to speak with Lenny Warnica who's mm. the president of Warner Brothers and I was, I was wow sure and he just got on the phone and started ranting to me about this new artist that Warner's was putting out soon called Ricky Lee Jones. And I was just so excited to be talking to Lenny Warnica, and I had never heard of her. <laughs> and, but I agreed, uh, you know, that, you know, when she had a record out, I, I, and he said he'd send me in advance of it. And uh, when I said when she had a record out and she wanted to do interviews, I'd do an interview. And uh, she came, she, you know, she, and that was the one with Chucky's in Love and it was a huge hit sold uh millions of copies oh, yeah. made her rich and famous for a while and she and she won a grammy and anyway but she came up to San Francisco uh I was living in San Francisco she was in LA at the time she came up to San Francisco to do a um to do some interviews some press some radio i think maybe there was even a, a club show i think it was a club show and uh i i i you know, took her up on the roof of the club where she was supposed to be playing, and she and I started talking. And I, I put on my tape recorder and asked her a question. And about halfway through the first question, I realized that she had nod, nodded out on smack. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. So, uh, and I and I had a, um, a cover story for Bam Magazine, do. So that that was awkward.
2: Um, you know, you something showed up uh, not, uh, just a, a little while ago on your Facebook page, which was a very young Howie Klein, a picture with a very, very young you too, and so that was from those same days when you were before you got into the music business, when you were just writing up in the Bay Area.
0: Uh, well, the, yeah, that picture of me with you too uh, was—I don't know if it was before. I think it was. I'm not sure if it was before or after Ricky, but yes, it was around that time, and um, and I was a DJ at KUSF in San Francisco over ah. a the college radio station, and you, and you two, uh, well, we're we getting off the topic yes. here, but you, <laughs> you too at the time, uh, I had met them over in England, uh, they didn't have a record out yet, and um, I don't remember even how I wound up meeting them, but I thought they were like amazing, they were like like instant favorite band. And I wrote a review of an advance cassette that they gave me. And then when the America and the record came out in England and Ireland first, but when it came out in America, it went out to the journalists with my review in it. So, you know, they thought, oh yeah, we'll put a review of it from the only American that we've ever met uh-huh. in the, uh, in in the sleeve. Uh, so, and they, and they were really, really amazingly great to me for years afterwards. I mean, every 415, 415 was my record label. Yeah. And every band on the label got to open for a U2 concert. Some of them, I mean, (laughs) the Red Rockers went on tour with them. They did shows with Romeo Boyd. They did shows with, uh, Translator, Red Rockers. I mean, they were just like so wonderful uh, to, to all of the 415 artists. I was so happy with them.
2: Oh, wow. That's awesome. I mean, I played them in college. I remember when I Follow was a single, and with this new band called U2, and I heard it, I said, this is really good. And so that was my entree into radio in, in college in what, 79. So there's that.
0: Yep. Um, and Ricky was, so, the, so it was right after Ricky then. Ricky gotcha. was, uh, I met her just uh, before that, a, a year or so before that.
2: Now, you mentioned Lenny Warneker of who was the chairman of Warner Brothers for so long. He president. was yeah, president. president. And he just recently died, didn't he? No,
0: no, uh, no, no. Lenny's uh, fine. So who he,
2: died? Uh,
0: so the guy who died had been, um, he had worked for Lenny as the head of marketing and promotion. Uh, and then eventually he became the chairman of Warner Brothers. And that's Russ Theret, oh, that was he, Russ, he did die. Right. He, he was a... He was a very, 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 very close friend of mine. Gotcha. the world.
2: Oh, and I'm so sorry for your loss. I know. I mean, and that was the, the golden age of Warner Brothers when they were there, when Russ and Lenny and, um, and you really were there. That, people loved working there. And then after the, the merger and <laughs> everybody sort of left, uh, the, the music industry sort of fell apart too. But cool that Ricky Lee Jones is doing the, you know, the only time I ever met her was we did a benefit with her at, uh, at KSCA, the station, well, one station in LA, um, for the Surfrider Foundation. It was to clean up the ocean, and so she. it was at the Hard Rock, I think, in Orange County, and she played live, and it was a wonderful thing. She was great, but I've never had the chance to interview her or anything in all these years, so I I look forward to seeing yours. Is it going to be a broadcast interview or for print?
0: It's broadcast uh, today at uh, 4 on the West Coast, so 7 your time, and... um I wish I could tell you how to, how
2: to it. <laughs> Well, you find out. You can send me a link, and then I'll share it. I, I,
0: tweeted, I tweeted something oh, a few you? minutes ago okay, I'll look that has like some, some way to get uh, you know, tickets uh, oh. to, to go on this thing. I think they're free tickets, but you, but you have to have a ticket.
2: So did you already do the interview, and it's just going to air, or are you know, doing it today?
0: It's, it's live. It's a live interview. Oh, wow. After I'm, you and I have
2: finished, I oh. have um, to uh, get ready to do it. <laughs> oh, wow. And you're going to be on camera? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I, then I will definitely get the information. It, I, I said, don't
0: say anything at <laughs> all. Uh, To Nicole Sandler, because then she's going to try to get me to do it on her show, and I definitely don't want to. I mean, I'm actually dressed today. Are you? (laughs) I haven't been been dressed in weeks.
2: I understand. Hey, I went out yesterday. Yesterday was my two-week anniversary of my second Moderna dose, and I got to hang out with my kid. We spent the day together. We went shopping. We had lunch. We saw the new apartment she's going to move into, and we hugged, and it was amazing.
0: Oh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. I'm getting my, uh, oh, and I just emailed you, in fact. I'm getting my first vaccine uh, a week from today, so I won't be on the show a week from today.
2: Oh, okay. All right. So next Thursday, I need to get someone to fill in for you. Good to know. Or we could
0: get uh, Sheila from down the street from you. Right. uh, So let's
2: let's talk about that. Let's actually talk politics for a moment here, Howie Klein. So, um, Elsie Hastings died this week. Elsie? Alcee Hastings, longest serving Democratic Congressman from the state of Florida, had a very um uh, I don't want to say checkered past, but a but a a, a what do you mean you don't want to say checkered? <laughs> all right, he checkered had a checkered past. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Uh, he he was impeached as a judge, and then he somehow got elected.
0: Bribery. He was impeached for bribery, <laughs> like big, big, big bribery. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of dollars worth oh, of bribery.
2: Right. And, uh, and then he got elected to Congress, because it is Florida, after all, and became the longest-serving Democrat in Congress. Apparently, I didn't even know, he'd been in hospice for a while, so... Yes.
0: Where, where he w- was a, c- a very, very close crony with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. That's right. And where, and where both of them were the, the two most important uh, backers of the private prison system. Ugh. And, of course, they were both paid very, very handsomely by the private prison prison system for backing the private prison system.
2: <laughs> of course they were. Um, yeah, so now um, it, there will be a special... A dead. I'm sorry? We don't want to speak back no no I know i just, I already dealt with that issue, <laughs> and I, I and what I said is i don't say anything about someone who's dead that I wouldn't have said when they were alive you know yes, I
0: wrote about this stuff about him many, many times over right exactly over the a
2: few years. right so so um Anyway, but he will be replaced in a special election, and it is a reliably blue district, but there's two things at work here. One is Ron Death Sentence gets to decide when the special election will be held. And two, you got the Debbie Wasserman Schultz contingent, of which Elsie Hastings was part, um, trying to replace her him in kind I guess is uh, the right way to put it Um, and I already heard of two Broward County commissioners who are running for the seat one is the most recent former mayor Dale Holness please God do not elect Dale Holness because he's a fucking moron Um, but but you have a better
4: candidate
0: right so so there there are actually a lot more than just uh, Holness running right I know I mean he Barbara said, Sharif as well. The commissioner. Barbara Sharif. Is a woman named, Bar- right, Sharif. Is that how you say her Sharif, name? I believe. Harriet? I think it's Sharif. Right. So Sharif, so Barbara Sharif. And then there are two uh, state senators, uh, Perry Thurston and Shervin Jones. Okay. A former state, uh, state senator, Chris Smith. Uh, okay. no Chris Smith. Do you remember Wayne Messam?
2: Yeah, he was the mayor of Miramar who ran for president. <laughs>
0: exactly, bingo, <laughs> <laughs> you win. That's right. He ran for president, kind of. Yeah, and he and they're talking about him running. But well, yes, you we know, but can I tell you
2: something? Miramar, Florida. His
0: name I cannot pronounce is uh, Sheila uh, Cher- Cherif- Cherifius. Okay. Uh, McCormick. Okay. I, I, McCormick I like is easy. Her, uh, <laughs> so much like do I like to call her Sheila? That I was talking to her on the phone just a few minutes ago, asking her what her favorite Sheila song was. <laughs> and it turns out there were only two really big Sheila songs, one that was her favorite and one that was my favorite. Um, but I sent her a copy of my favorite, which was uh, Sweet Little Sheila, you Love Her If You See Her. Remember that one? No, I don't even know. Sheila, Sheila E.? Sheila, who? So she knew the one that had to—that was about Sheila E. That's, I think it's about <laughs> Sheila E. That's another uh, that came many, many, many decades later. Gotcha. Mine goes back to uh, you know long before you were born, and it was uh, a, a, a sweet little. It's called "Sweet Little Sheila." Sweet little Sheila, you'll love her if you see her.
2: No, yeah, before my
0: time, I guess. <laughs> oh, definitely before your time. Um, n- wonderful song.
2: Good. By the way, I just found anyway, your.
0: Yeah, So Sheila is a very easy one to remember. Uh, uh, Sher- Sheriffius McCormick is a right. little a little bit rougher. She's a, she's a Haitian American, and um, and I guess that's where the Sharifias comes, comes. I
2: in. see. I see. Awesome. By the way, if anybody wants to hear or see your interview with Howie with uh, Ricky Lee Jones, it's GroveAtlantic.com, dot com, and you have to get a ticket. So GroveAtlantic.com. dot com is, oh, is great. where there it's going to be and it'll be um, uh, t- it, uh, it, but you're not on here it has oh it's. Oh, I see McNally Jackson there you are with legendary producer Howie Klein 7pm Eastern tonight so 4pm Pacific 7pm Eastern at GroveAtlantic.com
0: cool yeah, should be I'm looking forward to it I haven't talked to um, Ricky in, in quite a while but it's uh, it's, uh, it's something that should be fun. We we were kind of kindred spirits in a way, and I'm sort of re- I've been reliving that all morning, trying to think of what I want to talk to her about that might be interesting for an audience. Mm. Uh, so um, you know, so I've been thinking. Yeah, well, Ricky Lee and I both left home when we were early, you know, young teenagers and hitchhiked uh, around the country. We both wound up living in VW vans. We both eventually wound up <laughs> flying on Concord uh, jets. Wow. Uh, we both wound up uh, using heroin. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there, were, there were a lot of things that that the two of us had in common, and I figure maybe we can uh, talk about some of that stuff uh, if she doesn't mind. She
2: that would be very cool. Being, very cool. Very <laughs> cool. Okay, so um, I guess she'll be in New York and you'll be in L.A., so it's a whole COVID oh, virtual no. thing?
0: No? No. It's- well, she's not in New York. Here. No one's in New York. Oh, exactly. okay. Because this event
2: is being plugged okay. as it's in New York.
0: The event is in New York. And then two days later, there's a, a quote, an event in L.A. In LA. And There's an right. event in, you know, San Francisco. and right. Phoenix. And yes. They're all over the country. But she's at home and I believe she's at home in, in uh, New Orleans and I'm ah, at home in Los Angeles. I see. So that's. The amazing world of um, virtual.
2: Yes, it is. Okay, well, cool. So that's happening 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Again, groveatlantic.com. Click on events and scroll down. You'll see Ricky Lee Jones, and it's right there. So there's that, so people can check that out. So um, so, so the, we have no idea, though, when the special election to replace Elsie Hastings is going to happen, right? But his death... I have an idea
0: the idea is a bad idea uh you know he has every intention to drag this out uh, when i say he i mean um the death governor sentence yeah has every intention of dragging it out for as long as possible because it makes uh nancy pelosi's life more difficult because the the margin in of uh, democrats over republicans in the house is so slim that she can't really afford to lose votes. No. and with that seat empty That makes it even rougher on her and gives more power to some of the conservatives who can then, you know, sort of force her to do things uh, to make bills like less progressive. Uh, presumably.
2: Right. And see, the thing is, because the Democrats performed much worse than anyone expected in the House elections in November, they lost a bunch of seats. Um, then Joe Biden tapped Cedric Richmond from Louisiana. So there it's down one seat. Uh, Marsha Fudge from Ohio, which has another Republican governor to be HUD secretary. Um, and and so we're in a precarious situation there as well.
0: A, a New Mexico.
2: A New Mexico. Right. A member of Congress.
0: She's uh, uh, in the cabinet as well. Right. And we have a Democratic governor, so they'll move along quickly to get somebody. But right now, there is nobody in, in any of those three things. Right.
2: And that brings the margin of of uh, majority for the Democrats in the House down to, like, four. And it might actually be closer to two because, um, it, well, you look at the, look at who you have there. You have Jared Golden of Maine, who is the new Colin Peterson of the House, isn't he? Or worse. <laughs> or yeah, worse. He,
0: he, I, I think he's just getting ready to flip to the Republicans. So, you know, he does, you can't really even count him as a Democrat wow. anymore. And you've got uh, you know some people who are wheeling and dealing, like um, Josh Gottheimer in New Jersey, who's a who's a blue dog, and he'd be the new Colin Peterson. He he's he's just a, a manipulative uh, jerk who wants to you know water down every single progressive uh, policy uh, advance. I mean, he just wants to get rid of them all. So 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 we, yeah, Nancy. Like I said, Nancy Pelosi has a real problem having to deal with these people now
2: unbelievable yeah and yeah. this this shouldn't have been an issue that sh- i mean look you know joe biden could have as easily appointed karen bass of california to head up hud instead of marcia fudge and we wouldn't be down a seat right now
0: yeah but Mar- marcia fudge is a screamer and a yeller and she was you know she didn't want hud but she wanted a job in a cabinet and She's got a lot of. Uh, she had a loud voice and a lot and a lot of influence, and she was going crazy, carrying on about it. And he wow. gave in. Uh I mean, obviously, members of Congress aren't interchangeable, but uh, yeah, I mean, that would have that would have, would have solved some of the problems.
2: Yeah, I guess.
0: So. And y- the other hand, you know. You know, Nancy asked him not to do this, not to pick a bunch of House members, mm-hmm. as she warned him right off the bat not to, and he did it. He went ahead and did it anyway.
2: Right. Well, i I, I, you know, let me play devil, devil's advocate. He didn't pick that many, but with the margin that close, he shouldn't have gone with any of them. Look, we we didn't get Bernie Sanders as um uh, uh you know treasury saw or what 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 oh labor secretary that's what he wanted or elizabeth warren is treasury secretary because you couldn't take them out of the senate so you know they should have they should have looked there as well um but you know we are at a point now you have a piece when is is this piece going up this afternoon that you wrote today about um uh you know the the fact that conservatives oppose universal suffrage i mean i've played this clip Ad nauseam. People have heard it. They know it by heart. This is from 1980, Paul Weyrich. Now, many of our Christians
1: have what I call the goo-goo syndrome. Good government. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down.
2: Uh, and and that was 1980. They have worked on that premise for all these years, and they're finally getting their dream
0: come true. I mean, they've been working on that premise <laughs> since the 1700s. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: That is true.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the, the constitution. My my post is up now. It just we oh, okay. just went up. Got just it. just started. But, okay. Um, you know, the, the the Constitution left it to the states to determine uh, who, who would be allowed to vote and not allowed to vote. Until they realize that like, no, we can't, can't do that. The states are not, um, are not competent to make that decision because the conservative states would do things like not allow people who didn't have property to vote, right. not allow uh, women to vote, not allow people of color to vote. Uh, you know, they did a lot of different things that finally the federal government had to step in uh, starting in uh, 1870 and say, no, you can't do that anymore. Now people who uh, who, who are, are, are black and former slaves are allowed to vote. And you cannot have, um, you know, various tests. You know, the, the federal government outlawed um, literacy tests because liter- liter- literacy tests were being used ultra-arbitrarily. You could take a college-educated African-American man who the, the uh, guy sitting behind the desk in the polling place would say, no, you're illiterate, you can't vote, and then you'd get some guy who couldn't, you know, read his name and signed his name with an X who was white. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the welcome. But catch your ballot here. So um, uh, finally, I mean, I, I was I was still alive when there were literacy tests in some of these states. Yeah. It took a long, long time before they they started until uh, uh, till they not started, but till they finally got rid of this stuff.
2: Right, um, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, sometimes well, I don't... Also, when uh, when
0: they said that uh, 18-year-olds uh, were able to vote, I mean, before that, 18-year-olds couldn't vote right? that, and, in most states, and, uh, and, and obviously, uh, you know, women weren't able to vote, and um, you, you know, it, it, I think it was right up until the 1960s, there were still a couple of states that were saying that if you didn't own property, you couldn't vote. Wow. Wow. I mean, Shocking. <laughs> it is shocking. When we think about it today, but here you have, uh, you know, it's not just Georgia and Texas, although they're the worst offenders, trying to bring back reasons to prevent uh black people from voting. Here they right. are out of Here gate. we
2: are. Here we are. It's the new Jim Crow. Uh yeah, and it's 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 sickening. I mean, it's really sickening and hearing the the excuses they make up. Um uh, there there's one more thing, Howie, that we haven't discussed because this story broke since we last spoke. Um Matt Gates. <laughs> Matt,
0: <laughs> story broke. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a new a new Matt Gates story every no, day. Today, it, of course, it is that the uh, Seminole County tax collector, uh, <laughs> to get a reduced sentence, is, is, is spilling the beans on Matt Gates. I mean, I'm sure he's already spilled the beans, but he's going to spill the beans under oath uh, about uh, Gates being a uh, uh, not just a predator, but engaging in. Um, Uh, Underage sex trafficking.
2: Yes, there's trips to the Bahamas that they're talking about, and money changing hands, and yes, and that is sex trafficking. And by the way, I just saw another piece that you know who the third in their little triumvirate of sleazeball friends is. Oh, I can't wait. Who our governor moron death sentence? Oh, you know Gates (laughs) and DeSantis were in Congress together. The only reason DeSantis became governor is because he he. He figuratively sucked donald trump's dick, and Donald Trump endorsed him. There was another guy, I think his name was Adam Putnam, who was the um agriculture secretary, a Republican who had been working his way up through the state you know offices, and he was supposed to be the next Republican governor in Florida. But Trump came in and endorsed DeSantis out of right field uh because you know they were. Buddies because DeSantis, you know, was was a Trump cheerleader. So that's how he rose to power. He was a nothing. He was in Congress, nobody knew who he was. Right, he was a
0: nothing and Putnam had been in Congress also by the way. In fact, he had been long long before he had been in leadership and he felt that, you know, what he really wanted to be to do when he grew up was become governor. Was was to be governor and he realized that being in congress wasn't the way and that's when he ran for agriculture commissioner which is more than just agriculture commissioner in in, in florida people yeah. need to know also the consumer um uh, consumer uh, affairs right right so it's, it's, the big job, and it's an important job, and it often leads to the, the governorship. Right. And people. for
2: instance, right now, the agriculture commissioner is a woman named Nikki Fried. It's the only Democrat in statewide office. Unfortunately, she's not great. She's better than any of the Republicans. But there's, you know who, you know who is the name I keep hearing being bandied about? And I'm curious to know if you know anything about her. Anna Escamani. She's a, um, a state, um legislator from up I want to say Hello. around the Orlando area very progressive comes from the Bernie camp and this is who the progressives are behind interestingly enough uh. Matt Gates Matt Gates and um his his pal the old uh, Seminole County tax collector left her that weird voicemail message uh, recently that that made news um you, you don't you 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 don't sound too high on Anna Eskamani
0: I'm um, not against her, but, you know, she, Anna, I think, wants to run for mayor of Orlando. She's trying to, any job that comes available that can get her some pre- press, she, you know, she tries to get in there to, to raise her name recognition. Hmm. I, I, don't have the, I don't have, like, tremendous uh, uh, great feelings about her. I know this is going to give me a lot of trouble on uh, on Twitter today because she has a lot of followers uh-huh. who really, really like her for whatever reason and uh I, I i have um i have like kind of mixed feelings about her they're not they're not all bad by any by any stretch of the imagination and she is a progressive i don't know i don't know that i would use her name and bernie's name in the same sentence huh. but other people do
2: well because of the people you know i've been involved with the not me us group lately and so they're the the people that i talked with they're the one she's the one that they're high on right now do you know of any other good progressive here in yeah, just- florida
0: No, I I don't know anyone who's going to run for governor in Florida who's great. Uh, I have, you know, I have fairly good feelings about Nikki Freed, yeah, uh, uh, but not, you know, again, is she like Bernie uh,
2: person? No, 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 no. she's not. No, no, but But, but she's okay. I mean, she was elected statewide.
0: She's pretty good. She's yeah. not like Debbie Wasserman Schultz right. or anything like that.
2: And she's not and, um what's her name either? Um uh, uh, Graham uh, Gwen Graham, who people you know, uh, and, people that I know like progressive, oh now it's Gwen Graham's turn. No, it isn't.
0: <laughs> no. Well no, Graham has talked about running. Yeah. So there is always that possibility and and I hope that doesn't happen if mean, she's really terrible. Yep. Any of the other candidates that we're talking about are better than her.
2: Yes, I agree.
0: Any of the other Democratic candidates yeah. that we're talking about. Are uh. Been, uh, better than Graham, she'd be the worst of all.
2: Uh, but, but but not worse than uh, moron death sentence. We need to get him he, out of there. I,
0: I meant she'd be better than any of the the, <laughs> the other Democrats. Democrats. I got you be worse. Than the Democrats. I
2: hear man. you. I hear you. All right, Howie Klein. I'm going to let you go because I know you got to you got to get prepared to go talk to Ricky Lee Jones. So have I'm fun. Doing.
0: As I was talking to you about talking to Ricky Lee Jones, I realized that I'm completely unprepared.
2: Oh God. <laughs> okay. So you've I'll you've got you an hour. All right. So I'll see you in two weeks. Go get your shot next week and uh, enjoy the day off. And I'll talk to you then. Thank you so much, Howie Klein. Cool. Bye-bye. All right, you can find Howie, of course, at downwithtyranny.com. And at the new downwithtyranny.com, you can click over to the Blue America Pack page because they are already identifying great progressive candidates for the 2022 congressional races and helping to raise money for them. So uh, that's where you go, downwithtyranny.com. And again, if you want to see Howie interview Ricky Lee Jones... In just over an hour, it'll be 7 p.m. Eastern, it's at groveatlantic.com slash events. And then scroll down, look for Ricky Lee Jones. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Be be safe. Bye. Ah, why don't I leave you with uh, what's news? Because, you know, again, we can.
1: I read the news today. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network.
2: President Biden is out pushing the benefits of his new American Jobs Act, the $2 trillion plus infrastructure and jobs plan. On Wednesday, he said that he would consider reducing the corporate tax hike he's proposing to pay for the plan. But he added that doing nothing was not an option.
3: Debate is welcome
2: compromise
3: is inevitable changes are certain and the next few weeks the vice president and i will be meeting with republicans and democrats to hear from everyone and we'll be listening we'll be open to good ideas and good faith negotiations but here's what we won't be open to we will not be open to doing nothing
2: Inaction simply is not an option. Republicans oppose Biden's call for raising the corporate tax rate to 28 percent from the 21 percent established in the former guys' 2017 tax cuts. Biden said that he'd invite Republican lawmakers to the White House to discuss the proposal, which calls for building roads and bridges, expanding broadband Internet access, caring for the elderly, building high-speed rail and other projects over eight years. But there's always one. Yeah, and it's usually Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. The most Republican member of the Senate Democratic Caucus wrote a Washington Post op-ed piece on Wednesday in which he once again stated that he would not consider voting to get rid of the filibuster. Quote, there is no circumstance in which I will vote to eliminate or weaken the filibuster. The time has come to end these political games and to usher a new era of bipartisanship where we find common ground on the major policy debates facing our nation. I want some of what he's smoking anyway. Manchin's position represents a setback for Democrats hoping to help President Biden push parts of his agenda through Congress over Republican opposition. It's a 50-50 Congress, though Democrats do hold a majority with their 50 votes and Vice President Kamala Harris' tie-breaking vote. But most legislation still ridiculously requires 60 votes to get passed to filibuster. There was another mass shooting on Wednesday. This time, a doctor, his wife, and their five- and nine-year-old granddaughters were among the five people who were shot and killed at a South Carolina home. The fifth murdered victim was a person working in the home. A sixth victim was taken to a local hospital. A suspect was found at a nearby home. It obviously wasn't planned this way, but President Biden is today announcing his plans for executive actions on curbing gun violence. Those include ordering the Justice Department to move toward requiring background checks on buyers of homemade or makeshift ghost guns and regulating concealed assault-style weapons. He's also directing the Justice Department to draft a new rule regulating a device that, once placed on a pistol, turns it into a short-barreled rifle. DOJ will also craft a template for states to enact red flag laws. Other actions include a directive to the Justice Department to issue a report on gun trafficking and an order for more funding of community violence intervention programs. Biden has been under pressure to address gun violence, something he had promised to do on his first day in office. More than 100 House Democrats last week urged him to address concealed assault style firearms like the one recently used in a Colorado rampage that left 10 people dead. In related news, the president is also announcing his nomination of David Chipman as director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives. Chapman is a veteran ATF special agent who, for five years, has served as senior policy advisor at Giffords. ATF is a key agency in the fight against gun violence that's gone without a permanent director for six years. In COVID news, it's one step up. Two steps back. The European Medicines Agency concluded on Wednesday that the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine is linked to blood clots in rare instances. But they say the benefits of the vaccine outweigh the risks. The EMA's executive director, Immer Cook, said it is saving lives. Several countries previously paused or restricted their use of the AstraZeneca vaccine after a few cases of blood clots were reported, largely among younger people. UK regulators said Wednesday that they would recommend that people under 30 receive other vaccines. Meanwhile, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said Wednesday that the highly infectious U.K. variant is now the dominant version of COVID-19 here in the U.S. The announcement stoked fears of a looming fourth wave of the pandemic in the United States. Public officials warned in January that the B B117 variant that surged in Britain late last year could become the dominant source of new infections in the U.S. The number of new deaths here has continued to decline since a winter surge as more people are vaccinated. But Walensky said on Wednesday that 52 of the CDC's 65 jurisdictions are reporting cases of the new variants of concern. When President Biden took office, he reopened the Affordable Care Act health care exchanges to allow Americans to sign up for health coverage, especially as so many have lost insurance with the loss of their jobs due to the pandemic. Well, more than 500,000 Americans have signed up for coverage on HealthCare.gov between mid-February and the end of March. And thanks to the American Rescue Plan, there are increased subsidies. So now more than 6 million people will be able to find health plans that won't cost them anything in premiums. Even if you already have an insurance plan through the Affordable Care Act, now is the time to go back into the exchange and resubmit your application. Click on Report a Life Change and just go through and resubmit the application, and your premium will be lowered. It's worth a shot. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is 100% listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at nicole and please click on that donate button.